Welcome back to season two of Energetically You, where we talk all things healthy habits, abundant mindset, and optimal wellness. I'm your host, Megan Swan, a mindset and wellness coach. I love helping women optimize their wellness through plant-based nutrition, movement, mindfulness, and mindset practices that having them feel more aligned with who they truly are and confident in their own skin. I'm the creator of the Sustainable Integrated Wellness Approach. I am also living in Mexico, and I have been for the last 12 years. At 30, I sold everything and went on my own eat, pray, love journey, if you will. And now at 42, I'm still on my first stop, loving life and feeling more empowered than ever before. This podcast is for incredible humans who are interested in feeling more aligned with who they truly are, confident in their own skin, and able to make more empowered decisions for themselves going forward in their future. So let's dive in. So excited for this interview. So excited. In fact, I'm up at five in the morning. This was the only time that Erica, who is in Sweden, uh, could meet, but I am so excited. She is a new friend. We'll get into it uh, in our interview, but Erica is an international sex and birth coach from Sweden. For the past decade, she has immersed herself in exploring the body, mind, and sexuality from many different angles and approaches, the academic, the medical, the spiritual, and the holistic. Her own sexual healing journey inspired her career shift from nursing to becoming a sex coach and entrepreneur. In 2019, she gave birth to her first child and through that experience realized how transformative childbirth is and can be, and is now dedicated to shifting the current narrative around birth, helping women to have positive, empowered, and ecstatic birth experiences. So, so excited to dive into all of that. Welcome, Erica. I am so excited to have you here today and to get to know you better, really from a selfish point of view. (laughs) I've followed your work for six plus months. Uh, I love everything that you are putting out into the world and sharing. And I just registered for your shameless course mastermind. I don't know what's the best uh, defining. And, you know, it was, it was a bit of a leap for me. I'm really excited. And I want to get to know like your whole, whole journey to where you are today. And I know that um, a bigger part of it is, is the birthing coach. So let's dive into both parts. First of all, how are you? Welcome. Hi, Megan. Yes. Um, happy that you found me. Obviously, super delighted uh, that you have joined this amazing program of mine. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm so happy to be on this podcast and share about this near and dear topic of mine, which has... Um, Kind of surprisingly, which kind of surprisingly, uh, you know, went from being like my my biggest obstacle in in my life, um, and then turned into the greatest teacher. Which, well, I guess it's not that surprising That's as as you do, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. How did I? Well, take I us back. It? You were you were a nurse and. You know, that's a really powerful, amazing career in itself. And like, was there sort of like one defining moment that you can point to where you thought, I'm going to be a sex coach, not a nurse anymore? Or was it much slower and kind of like a part time thing that you secretly did on the side and then eventually made into your main passion? There are kind of, there are kind of two, like two lanes or two parallel sort of journeys that then crossed and combined and became the one. And so one journey is if we go way back to when I was a kid, I was masturbating from a pretty young age as one does when, before you know that it's called masturbation and before someone tells you that it's inappropriate or you know, you unsuitable outside of the house or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> or you realize that not everyone else is touching their genitals all the time and like, what's wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> I, they don't do it 
so probably something's wrong with me. I better stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so as a kid in that kind of innocent, shameless way, exploring my body and, you know, the delights of my body and all of that. And then growing a little bit older and like before puberty filled with, for lack of a better word, like horniness you know, as, mm-hmm. as a, as a preteen, like everything's so exciting and you're starting to feel attracted to people. And it's like, you're, you're getting all like lit up when you see people kissing on TV and like, you know, excited when there are any sex scenes and all of that juicy stuff. And then um, little by little, what instead started to happen inside of me was uh, I was coming up against all of the negative messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mind you, I grew up in Sweden. I'm Swedish. I grew up in Sweden. So the messages are pretty mild in comparison to other countries, oh. other societies, especially, you know, religious stuff or anti-sex mm-hmm. religious stuff um, and dogma and all of that. But still, there were so many conflicting messages. And I'm quite the sensitive person. Um, and, you know, pair that with a with low self-esteem and lack of parental guidance and positive, like sex positive, authoritative figures, adult figures, role models, I started to, again, like feel like, okay, well, this is not safe. And this is not normal. And something's wrong with me. And uh, boys are predators. And I'm the I'm the prey. And they're going to take something from me and slut shaming and uh, and then combined with um, some a negative sexual experience uh, uh, at my sexual debut, it all just sort of went into like oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and so, uh, which I didn't realize. And then I performed sex for a long time. Uh, I was having sex. I was kind of enjoying it, um, but mostly performing and faking orgasms. Because mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, like, that's the way one does it. Or at least that's what, at least that's sort of the cards I've been dealt. And so suck it up. Like, that's it. And then I became a nurse. Obviously, there's a, a, a whatever desire, personality trait, something inside of me that want to help other people and find enjoyment in that. And um, so I went down that route. But it, pretty quickly, I realized that it wasn't really my thing. Um, during my nursing degree, I had been sort of trying to get into this sexuality realm. Uh, I wrote my thesis on sexuality and there was an interest, but it was kind of um, the, the, it was as a nurse, you're limited. You cannot really work a lot with sexuality, at least not in a kind of um positive proactive guiding way then it's more like here's a person with std take a blood sample and i was like that's super boring yeah <laughs> i don't, don't want to do nothing that. spiritual about that <laughs> no nothing creative nothing spiritual <laughs> nothing engaging so um i stumbled upon a sexuality um a sexology master's degree Mm-hmm. at the university here where I live in Sweden and luckily my nursing degree made me eligible to to apply and be accepted so I started doing this sexuality um academic sexuality training and I quickly realized that this is pretty boring like <laughs> because, when are we going to talk about sex because we were there you know in class talking about all of the systemic and structures structural things and and like beating around the bush (laughs) (laughs) and I was constantly feeling like when are we going to talk about sex and how to have better sex and help someone have better sex and have their first orgasm or have all of the orgasms and you know really much more with that kind of I had that focus that that was it became really clear to me that that was my interest because that had truly been you know the journey and it was the journey that I was on. So simultaneously, as I kind of did that shift and started um, exploring um, and studying sexuality, I'd also found an online teacher um, who taught like, Tantra and holistic sexuality. And I was going through a massive personal and sexual healing and transformation journey. And it was really that 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 made me realize that, well, if 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 I can understand that something is not innately wrong with me and that there are certain experiences and 
belief systems and uh, habits and behaviors that have accumulated and contributed to me feeling like I can't access my orgasmic capacity and I can't really enjoy sex. And there are actually solutions to that. Then surely there are thousands, millions of women out there who feel the same. And I don't want this to be a secret because I don't want them to feel as broken as I did. And so that kind of started accelerating me in that direction and propelled me forward towards um, thinking of sexuality as not just a personal journey, but also perhaps a professional career. And it was that experience that also made me feel like the sexology masters is great, intellectually elevating, thought provoking, great but it's not giving me the tools to solve the problems that I have and that I want to help other women solve. So I enrolled in an online uh, super comprehensive, extensive uh, sex, love and relationship coaching program. And it was my jam, like juicy, (laughs) practical, holistic, spiritual, academic, um, modern, like all of the things combined with a real focus on coaching identifying issues and solving them through um well working holistically with sexuality and very practically so uh yeah it's been eight years since I first enrolled in that online course where I realized that I get to heal and 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 thrive and so it's been a very fascinating journey uh and long story short I've gone from pre-orgasmic, really sexually dissatisfied to multi-orgasmic and having the best sex of my life. And I keep saying that, oh my God, that was the best orgasm of my life. Oh my God, that was just the best sex of my life. (laughs) And it just keeps getting better, which is something that you normally don't hear uh, women say as they age and uh, become mothers and wives and all of the things. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So so many follow-up questions, but... uh, (laughs) Sorry. No, no, that's good. I... I feel like your your journey really points to the reality in many realms. Like mine was more specifically around, you know, going in, in moments of my life, trying to go the uh, academic route of psychology and the same thing. Like the, I think it's important to have that background and that basis, but, you know, you can speak to this as well as, as a coach, you know, it's just so much more, tactical and tangible the coaching scenario more often than not than going sort of like the traditional structured you know within the medical model route of solving things um and yeah so that just makes me even more excited I'll I'll tell you like random random things that sold me on the course like it really is you I mean I'm like very excited about all all of the modules and they're like honestly there's a few modules that kind of scare me but I thought like that's a good thing um but it was one I'm in love with how you say body (laughs) how you pronounce body (laughs) every time you say it I'm just like oh my god I love her and two you're not the first one to say that and it's (laughs) probably the only thing that stuck after living in Australia for two and a half years (laughs) ah that's what it is because it's like it's like out of character of the rest of your accent anyway it's awesome yeah it's endearing (laughs) (laughs) so that and you know I very seriously considered uh I'm like you know what about what maybe it would be so much more valuable to work one-on-one with you but then as we got going through this the process of you like sharing and giving so much value and then the sort of like mini the what was so intoxicating was the dynamic of working with other women at in this this realm and because I think I don't know this is this is my perception but I'm guessing it's common where it seems kind of weird and intimidating, you know, like the first thing I did was uh, six months ago, I I did like a a breast massage workshop and I'm like, well, okay. So we're really going to sit on zoom together and like be breast, you know, like bare breasted and massaging (laughs) like that, that was a step for me. And, and um, at the same time, there was just something like really, really powerful that I would never have imagined about doing something like that, like a healing practice where you've been taught to have so much shame around even just having your breasts hanging out and do, and and like 
giving the whole group permission at the same time. I don't know if that resonates. Absolutely. I think it's so beautiful how you describe your journey with that and the that the the confronting experience of like what am i going to do this with other people isn't this something that we always only do behind closed doors and always pretend that we also don't never like never <laughs> we don't do, do it, it. Yeah. we don't do it at all um because that's what like being modest and s- civilized mean um and here it's like the contrary inviting you into a space like the workshop or in my course where you're going to be literally like, masturbating to my voice live with your sound and video off because we don't do that um knowing that there are eight, 10 15 20 women doing the same spread out all across the world like that's not yeah, your like, it's so powerful it seems it like is. in one box it's like oh my god that's so fucking crazy and then at the another box it's like it's so powerful and epic and yeah anyway i'm excited the and, and what happens is just like you said you know after when you when you're in that experience and once you just meet that confronting like this is weird what the fuck and then you get over it um and like okay this is this is what we're doing here and then all of a sudden what happens is is that you feel like this is the most normal thing ever this is the most healing thing ever i can't believe i've never done this before or i can't believe it actually feels so natural and natural is not a word that I normally like to use because what Mm -hmm. is natural but a loaded word it is a very loaded word but it it actually feels after after a while of doing it and I've even done this in person in person retreats with 50 women naked on the floor some with sarongs on top of their genitals some's butt naked masturbating with fingers and tools inside of themselves and doing like really amazing tantric sexual practices in person, everyone having their solo experience, but in community. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is so normal. I'm hearing a woman having an orgasm to my right. I'm having, hearing a woman crying to my left because you're going through a healing experience and I am fucking on, you know, I'm somewhere having my experience and you're like, wow the it it gives you a taste and a little insight into maybe what community used to be where mm. sex wasn't so abnormal taboo charged controlled demonized all of those things uh hidden in secrecy behind closed doors but where actually sensual and communal pleasure could potentially have been a thing and so we're bringing that back and when we do that we realize that it's a very joyful experience to share with other people it builds deep bonds and it makes us feel really happy (laughs) and normal right normal in in, in our desires right Mm. so let's talk a little bit because I think it's a common experience and I know that you had a huge shift as well like for me childbirth was one of the most powerful experiences and I I won't go down the rabbit hole of like it also was very far from a perfect experience but the fact that I blew my own mind about what I was capable of doing and you know did it all naturally I had absolutely no in the face being surrounded by a culture and individuals who also didn't really see that as normal or that possible. Um, you know, it's, it's like completely changed my vision of what was possible for me in general. So I think that there's that, like the transformational point piece of, of giving birth. And then also another huge topic is how, I mean, as much shame and judgment we tend to have about our sexuality can be in general as young women, there's like another layer that comes with, oh, well, now you're a mother. And that somehow means like that you don't have sex anymore, or you're certainly not. Oh, like there's like yet another layer of, of hiding or being um, openly sexual and I briefly told you off the, off the top here, for me, it's like such this weird mind fuck in a sense here, here, here in Mexico, where there are 
like women that are, it's very normal to dress super sexy, even as a mom and not, not like quote unquote slutty. And we can, we can deconstruct that works. I know it's one of your favorites too, but uh, you know, in a much more overtly, you know, trying, trying to be attractive, that's completely socially acceptable. But, um, and, and I'm sure there's spaces and maybe I'm not privileged to them as an ex- a foreigner where there are more open discussions, but I haven't been privileged to them in 12 years where, you know, women here are talking about like maybe with very close girlfriends, but um, I haven't seen like a sex in the city culture, if you will. I'm not sure how it is in Sweden where, you know, you're, you have like trusted girlfriend groups and, and they're kind of like any topic goes or that there's really a shift in your perspective of like, for what you talked about with your single girlfriends to what's acceptably um, the conversation between moms, if you will. Yeah. So let's start at birth. Um, when I was pregnant with my first and only child at 10 weeks, I um, realized that, well, this is kind of like skydiving. Like I have to jump out of the plane. Like I have to give birth. <laughs> like <laughs> I've got myself at this point where there's no return. <laughs> Oops. Fuck. <laughs> it's not just about being pregnant, which is exciting. Oops. I have to, fuck, I have to give birth. And so dropping into that embodied realization body uh <laughs> I immediately felt my body reject the idea of giving birth in a hospital hmm. having it so it went like oh I'm gonna give birth oh image like immediate thought image hospital setting which as a nurse it's not like you're like you know very familiar with <laughs> Exactly. In hospital. <laughs> right. And I've even, uh, even though I didn't work in maternity care or obstet- obstetrics, I can't say that word. Um, I have attended uh, both vaginal uh, birth cesareans during my nursing training. So I've even been in that specific environment. Um, but I know the hospital environment. So a vision came immediately, you know, as it does uh, or can do. And then Immediately after that, I felt sick to my stomach. I felt nauseous and literally every hair on my body stood up in like defense. <laughs> in defense. Yeah. Like a cat. Like meow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? And in my work, there's so much focus on uh developing that internal communication with your with the consciousness of your body and pussy and all of the things and not just leading from head but from all of the spaces and being really present in that communication so i immediately realized that this is powerful authentic communication my body's trying to say something to me and i listened and i accepted <laughs> and it wasn't like i had this fancy desire that was somehow a performative desire or an idea of you know this is who I'm meant to be and this is what I want and I'll post on it on social media and this is part of my self-fulfilling like self-image of being whatever cool or like those stuff like it it truly was my body saying we don't want to give birth in a hospital so I told my husband and he was like are you an idiot over my dead body no fucking way that's insane we, we had a similar conversation except my husband's a, a surgeon so yeah, oh, like a, yeah. a very strong at, at the end of the day he won I had my my bubble of non-hospital things around me but he won but I, so I completely understand your cat reaction yeah Mine was and similar. many women yeah, and many women have that experience, right? But we just don't have the support or there's not the knowledge or the medical system to support having still a kind of medically safe or as safe as possible birthing experience while giving birth in a non-hospital setting. But luckily, I um, I managed to 
not convince, but like bring my husband over into my court or <laughs> conviction and have him um, feel on board and be supportive. And so we plan for a midwife assisted home birth uh, with two midwives and um, it unfolded, I mean, ideally. And, uh, and it showed me that giving birth can be a pleasurable, powerful, super fucking challenging, yet <laughs> ecstatic experience. Uh, so what I then did was I felt inspired by, again, well, if I know this now, I don't want it to be a secret for other women. Let's share this with the world. I don't care if people will think I'm crazy. Like that's kind of my, my job in general. (laughs) Shocking people. It must be so entertaining sometimes. It is. It's definitely (laughs) part of my personality and my exhibitionism, but there's also a deeper meaning why and mission, right? Um, uh, but so what I did was I started talking about, you know, this is how I prepared for my birth. I basically used the same tools that I used to explore, expand, unleash my sexual power and all of that stuff. And I applied the same tools to birth preparation, uh, and, and during birth and then, um, and, conti- and, and, and re- reframe birth, not as a medical experience, but as a, as, as an extension of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I now teach women in, in birth coaching. And I help them do that emotional, sexual, sensual, spiritual, mental preparation work in order to have a really positive and pleasure inclusive birth experience regardless of the setting that they choose because I do not believe there's a hierarchy and some people want the hospital with all of the stuff and hooked up and you know all of that stuff with all the painkillers and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that or nor and and no hierarchy and in bad good better worse it's always whatever the woman wants the and 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 encouraging her to feel autonomous and sovereign in that experience yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think a big part of having a birth plan is preparing that at the end of the day, it's not entirely, or really, it's mostly out of your control in, in the moment. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I also make that really clear. My midwives were like, adamant about emphasizing that and saying you know we hear that you want an ecstatic experience we hear that you have all this amazing these all these amazing tools that you want to apply and it could up being it could end up being an emergency cesarean are you going to be able to surrender to to life and and let go of your goals and any pride I said yes absolutely and they said fine okay good and so I always make that also super clear and even so Regardless of the experience, so if you're going for an ecstatic birth or a home birth or even, you know, whatever birth, you could go for, you could desire a hospital birth and then have such a swift birth that you give birth at home and that could be, you know, a mind fuck for you or like (laughs) massive disappointment, right? So it could go either way. But when you have the tools, then you can apply them regardless of the situation and regardless of the... uh, surprising, unexpected circumstances that will happen and whatever curveball life will throw you because birth is unpredictable and um and it's completely beyond our control but we can feel prepared and and then make make the most out of the situation based on the circumstances that we experience yes and it can be really fun like I hear you know I really want people to feel that way like birth is fun it's exciting it's an adventure it's like extreme sports Um, it's a it's a blessing I I always compare it to a it's a marathon you know it's like it's like you need to prepare like you prepare for a marathon in a lot of ways and I think that's one of the biggest myths and misconceptions is that, oh, well, because women have been given birth since the dawn of time, I don't need to prepare. Mm-hmm. I think that's doing yourself a big, big service. Yeah, because no, absolutely. You want to prepare. You prepare for anything. You I mean, you, you even something simple as cooking, you read a recipe, you buy the ingredients, you prepare. Mm-hmm. There's always and the preparation can also be fun, sexual, adventurous and be really sexuality um like 
proactive and this is the key and segue into the next part of what you talked about in the in the question letting that be um a um, a conscious and proactive way of maintaining your sexual identity as your body changes as your identity changes as you become a mother and i've seen this in myself and in my in my birth coaching clients is when we do this sensual and sexual work or journey in tandem with with pregnancy and birth preparation we include that and instead of adding like removing sexuality to become a mother you um deepen into that experience and let that be a part of the journey and then add mother to that mm. and so the transition into the motherhood identity isn't doesn't necessarily mean that you sever your sexual identity disown it and like throw it out with the 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 um, figurative bathwater <laughs> exactly instead you really feel like it's it's an integral part of of you and so mother or not it's you and that means really noticing and identifying a lot of the negative sexuality beliefs that we carry inside around well now you're a mother you can't enjoy sex that much or now you know this would mean that you're a slut and you know choosing between motherhood and your sexuality and feeling like well most women unconsciously choose motherhood and completely let go of their pre-pregnancy like sexuality in a way and like bury it in the backyard well I mean I think it's a common experience that well my experience was you know this definitely a just an exhaustion that goes along with the early parts of motherhood. Um, It's actually part of the reason, like part of my journey to becoming a health coach is I needed some help to get back on track, essentially taking real care of myself and prioritizing my sleep and all these things. Um, So like everything, you know, if your basic needs are not being met, I don't know curious what you're like if if you had to put on a hierarchy you know like are having mind-blowing sex is not like the first thing in terms of self-care there needs to be some like other needs met maybe not first but at least in tandem and um so it just in my case I'll speak for myself it just became a low priority and then at some points like a zero priority partly for this in in air quotes, excuse that I just didn't have energy for it. Obviously it's like, I didn't prioritize the little energy that I did have for that. Um, But there's definitely to your point, like an unconscious, it's like, because that I don't have a right to do that right now. Like all of my energy should be going to caring for this other human being, not for myself in general. And like, God forbid that I prioritize my own sexual pleasure over, (laughs) um, meeting the needs of my children. So I think there's like many, many layers, but I, to me, I'm not coming up to, to menopause to my knowledge anyway. And, and I, and I want to touch on that too, because you, in one of, I've heard you say, and I'm since started looking into it, that that's another thing, like as, as we age as women in general, there's this narrative about where, our our sexual journey goes or goes to die and it's completely false and I and I find it you know just so invigorating and fascinating to like have have this seed planted at this point in my life and it's like how I'm 43 how could it be that this is when I'm encountering this knowledge that menopause is not like the death of amazing mind-blowing sex so what you said on on needs, like, well, I'm so exhausted and I'm so busy. Um, so this is not a priority. Now, you absolutely, you survive without sex and pleasure. Absolutely. Um, 
However, you don't thrive without it. That's why I oftentimes emphasize the importance of doing the deeper work around identity, motherhood, including sexuality, because then you'll feel, well, with the little time I have, I will prioritize sensual care for myself. And it's not about having the best sex of your life necessarily when you're exhausted, but it's about Mm -hmm. maybe stroking yourself in a sexual way and feeling like I still get to feel good. I don't have to suffer. I am still a sexual woman with needs and desires. Fuck the dishes. I'm going to go masturbate now. Or if that feels too hard for you and too foreign or too far away, it's like, fuck the dishes. I'm going to go and take a bath. And when I'm in the bath, I'm going to stroke my nipples. Like it can be super simple. And so depending on where someone's at with their journey, Maybe it's not having penetrative sex with your partner if that's been if it's been a long while. But I bet you if you feel triggered by this, it's because it's triggering a part of you that feels like, ugh, this is not okay. Like <laughs> this is not okay. And usually it's not okay because it's something that you've made, you know, forbidden and it's not included in your self-image or your identity. Same with aging. The you know, the ideas that we have about women aging and the strong, super strong societal message that we get reinforced over and over again, that sexuality is only for the young, usually skinny, attractive people, you know, or whatever, like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the, the images that we get. We don't see uh, bodies non-stereotypically beautiful bodies have sex on tv or even in porn definitely not (laughs) you know saggy boobs where are the saggy boobs show me (laughs) where are the real boobs yeah i have saggy boobs i want to see the saggy boobs represented in ecstatic sex now this is luckily changing little by little thanks to the internet there are many bad things about internet and sex and porn there are also very good things it's becoming more um democratic in that way more diversified and so with aging i talk about this a lot because i'm aging i'm closer to 40 than i've ever been like it's pretty much just around the corner um i have a kid i want to have another one and uh and my body's changing. And so, you know, and, and that's inevitable. We can try and defy it, but inevitably we age. And as we age, we often come up against these internal messages that now your pussy's drying up. Now you're not fertile anymore. Now, you know, and so if you don't, um, if you don't examine these beliefs, they'll go unexamined and they'll make you know, (laughs) make your life. Yeah. And so it's so important to really work on a positive, like a, 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 an identity that you choose with awareness and really see like, actually, wait a minute. I, I want to be sexual until I die. How do I make that happen? Well, I form and shape an identity where that's possible. And then that will be um like the foundation of the house that you then can build all the experiences on top of um and um so so yeah but if you're if you're listening to this and you're that feels very far in or far off like i just i have so much compassion for you and understanding i know and it's a step-by-step gentle working progress kind of process can you unpack a little bit because i think it's fairly common. It was um, my experience that I don't know. Again, just in my experience, and I, it's not like it was this conscious shift. But when I was single, I'd say it was even the same. Like when I was in a relationship, there wasn't as much masturbating because it, that quote unquote need is being met with the partner. And then, you know, had zero shame about masturbating when I was completely single. But I feel like when you get that, that translates into a marriage or like a long-term relationship, you know, there's many dynamics and situations. And, um, but I think it's fairly common for this to, to be like an idea 
that even like masturbating, like, I don't know, some couples maybe are are thinking like, okay, well I can masturbate as long as it's like a, a fun thing in front of my, my, my partner. And it's like somehow integrated into our couplehood. And then it's some, it says something else if I want or need to masturbate outside of that, that container. Um, and honestly, personally, I just decided like several years ago that it was a need that, you know, I just kind of resolved that in my head due to my own desire, but I don't think I had, you know, I didn't really think it over too much until maybe a year ago when it came across my, my, uh, consciousness that there is such a thing as like a spiritual type orgasm and like somehow that gave me permission to like make it this more personal thing that very much has um that's very personal and individual and and therefore needs to be outside I can bring it in but it's something I develop outside of of the partnership so I'm just curious like maybe what what would you say to um someone who's in the same boat where they feel like Maybe it's something's been stalled in the couplehood version and they don't see how like finding a deeper sense of personal pleasure might solve that problem Yeah, or support uh, healing. Yeah. It's a wonderful um, question or the conversation. Uh, it's really interesting to, um, to explore. And I, I'm happy that you found like your reason or justification or whatever to to um, to continue or reconnect with your desire and and the action of doing uh, masturbation even when you're in a relationship because it is especially for women we are often we often carry this idea or belief that uh, me- sex needs to be initiated by men like you know mm-hmm. permission um, prince charming like whatever, like there are some, not absolutely, of course, not everyone, I'm speaking, you know, in general terms, but oftentimes there is that feeling. And in relationships, and in general, women have a lower frequent in, in research and in masturbation um, surveys, women usually answer, well, the answer is usually that women masturbate less and less, especially less when they're in a relationship. So there's something that we have learned around that and a pattern there. Uh, And also many women that have never masturbated, like never explored their bodies with their fingers only, which was my situation. So no shame. Like I I know that feeling I did not, I had never really masturbated with my fingers only. I did not feel comfortable touching myself with my fingers only. I don't think I've ever like outside the container of inserting a tampon, I'd re- never really like explored my vagina internally for self pleasure. So yeah. Now in a relationship, um, it, it's always so beneficial to have a sexual relationship with yourself. First and foremost, you are sexual with yourself and then you invite another person or people uh, into that space. If you don't feel confident in your sexual relationship with yourself, it's more challenging to feel really confident with others, knowing what you want, guiding them to give you what you want, speaking up, um, having different kinds of orgasms and feeling really genuine sexual satisfaction and also in that space with yourself where you are exploring and maintaining cultivating your sexual relationship with yourself that's also the space where you will be able to have experience like healing and understanding when you're coming up against a blockage that maybe wasn't there before like when you're pregnant and you're like oh wow this feels strange or weird or for a certain reason that I'm not really sure about why yet I'm feeling a little bit disgusted by my body. Hmm. Interesting. Let's explore that. You know, it's a place where you get to meet yourself and not only have a good time, but also identify and work through the things that come up and finding whatever justification that works for you. So, um, 
whether that's like a spiritual, like, wow, I get to have these experiences. I can explore that. That justifies me doing it. But we can even think about it in a really like life and health affirming um proactive way just like you go to the gym to lift weights and take care i mean everybody we live in a very fitness like health mm-hmm. conscious society mm-hmm. these days right um so let that so be people, your reason <laughs> so that can be a reason because yeah it is there is there is a need and your vagina is a set of muscles and it needs a workout otherwise your muscles will weaken and a weak vagina means less pleasure and Uh, a higher risk of prolapse or you know things so you can think of it as sexual fitness work that you do on your own and think of your sex coach as your pussy pt you know <laughs> like your personal trainer um like that's me that's my job like i provide you with the material and the classes for you to do your sexual um physical exercises and and um proactive health work Um, and in my work, there's also the holistic, the emotional, the spiritual aspect. So it's not just like doing your super boring mechanical kegels, but it's like a, a wonderful mind, body, spirit experience um, that really, in you know, opens the door to um, really tapping into that power, that that sexual power and, and innate bliss that is available. So. Um yeah, did that answer your question? Totally. Uh I'll I'll just ask you one more question because I want to be respectful. And one thing time. that I want to add, yes, one thing that I want to add to that is also a key thing to remember when you enter a relationship is that you're still an individual and you have your individual sexuality and your partner is still an individual and have their individual sexuality and you come together and meet and go to a place where you have sex together but your partner still gets to masturbate and have desires and be attracted to people and have, you know, their kind of life trajectory and you partner with them in sexuality. You don't own them, nor do they own you. And so you actually get to feel like I'm a sovereign being and I am, I am joining a partnership, but I'm not merging and letting go of myself and completely forgetting about who I am. And I think that is something that, all people need to hear over and over again to both feel like there's spaciousness for them to have practices and spaces for masturbation and feeling like, wow, that's a sexy person. Ooh, I feel good about being attracted to people because I am human. I'm alive. And also allowing your partner the same grace and space for their individual sexuality. And then that usually makes you feel more, Uh, empowered, less threatened by their sexuality, maybe even a little bit less jealous and more excited about the individual journey you share with your, like the individual's journey in a partnership. Yeah. Space and grace. That's so awesome. I think that's actually <laughs> the, the, the perfect place to leave it. Cause I feel like, you know, like I can talk to you for hours. So Yes. Uh, instead of opening another can of worms, let's let's um, wrap it up there. How can people work with you other than this incredible container you have called Shameless? I know you do private coaching. Um, I'm guessing maybe you have a container for women who are pregnant and, and looking at the, the birthing stage. What are you? Yes. What are you uh, doing? So yeah, this- There's Shameless, and I don't know when this episode will come out, but we begin on March 24th, so... Um, I will do my best to have this out uh, at least a week before that. Okay, so if you're hearing this and you're excited, then there's time to join. Um, but it's, of course, it's um, it's a, it's a... Well, it's always a relative, but it's a larger investment uh, due to the uh, course format and uh, content and depth and all of that. I also have um, smaller courses and smaller investments. So if you want to, if you're just like feeling like you want to dip your toe in and just suss it out. It's um, like your little have, cat curious ears are, what? What's this? Yeah. Oh my goodness, or I, you're, need, I need something out of this. <laughs> need more. Yeah. Or you experience your genital or like your sexuality as a super scared pussy cat hiding underneath the couch. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I, you know, 
want to come out. It's scary. And, you know, and rightfully so. The world is scary for for women and the world is scary for all people. Um, but sexually, like, that's our... It, it pretty much... Like, it sucks, right? And it is scary. So uh, if you just want to dip your toe in and suss me out, then I have a wonderful six-week course called Pleasure Treats where you get sensual and sexual practices and um, that's a perfect place to start. And it's just a 99 euro investment. Nice. Um, and I also uh, have lots of free stuff. I have a Facebook group called Pleasure Rebels. I have a blog. I'm launching my own podcast soon. So that's Ooh. coming. Um, and another uh, lots of different pleasure stuff coming up as well. Uh, I do sex coaching, birth coaching, and in the near hopefully in the next year, an online birth uh, prep course will come as well. So there's... So you're busy. Yeah, lots of, I'm busy uh, and I'm also... <laughs> uh, and I'm also not working a lot because I'm... I'm a, <laughs> I am a recovered burnouter and I'm a mother. And so I just let things take time instead. Um, but there are lots of amazing things coming and um, you can start where you feel ready and um and hopefully find something that suits you amazing well thank you so much for sharing those valuable parts of your journey and all the little tidbits that i'm sure shocked some people and certainly piqued the interest of of many to get to know you better and follow your work i'm so excited for your podcast um and yeah i'm even more excited for for the upcoming course so looking forward to be being in your world uh over the next six months more and more Hey, Megan, so good. I love this conversation. And um, thank you so, so much for inviting me to talk about this and for uh, being a courageous woman who says yes to her sexuality. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Well, Fuck we'll share yes. all of the ways to connect with Erica in the show notes. And um, yeah, definitely check her out whatever whatever version of toe dipping you're you are comfortable with at this stage of the game and uh you know that i'll be reporting as well as to my experience um on social media so please follow erica and uh we'll be in touch thank you so much for listening to energetically you i hope that this episode has helped you to tune into your natural energy sources so that you feel more energized and focused throughout your day. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to help more ambitious women just like you accomplish their goals. Don't forget to take a screenshot, share it on social or in your Instagram stories and tag me at Megan Swan Wellness. See you soon.